There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi. It's more popular than being French. See you in there. Whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no hollow, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink. Thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own. Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps and Peepers. Uh, thank you for continuing to listen. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Hello, Lindsay. Let's just... Lindsay's going to be struggling today a little bit. We're going to try and keep it together. Uh, yes, YouTube viewers, I do have a mustache now. The beard is gone for the summer. And it just happened about five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So I am like... Yeah, I got my hair cut right before recording today. Yeah, so I'll be doing all right. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, I just burst into laughter. Dan and I have been together for eight years, and this is the most of his chin I have literally ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So... It's a, it's a different look. It's a different look. I, I dig it. Officer Stash... Tom Selleck Jr. Like I'm, I'm working on all the names. Officer Dingle. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we do have horror today. We do. We, we do. do. Have I'm going to try not to ruin I it know. by laughing. I know. I'm going to stay in the story. It's going to be fine. Okay. Okay. How many stories do you have today? I have three. Oh, okay. I know. So little... you have more, and I have more. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a nice, juicy episode today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my last story of my fan stories is my absolute all time favorite story. No way. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. Uh huh. It's really good. Because I I have multiple. I mean, grouped into two tales. Yeah. But really, like two collections of tales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the first group of stories revolves around sightings of a black eyed girl in the small wooded area of England known as Canic Chase. I already got the chills. I hate black eyed children, and we have avoided them for a long. I know we've time. stayed away from for a while, and this is like multiple people over a, a longer period of time seeing the same uh, black-eyed child, basically in this one specific area. Uh. And then there's a creepy backstory behind that area as well. Okay, okay. And then, and then the second, I really, really, really like our second group of stories. Not that I don't like the first, but it, they revolve around the concept of a doppelganger, which is kind of fitting today, since uh, I look like kind of like me, but not like me. Uh-huh. Uh But a doppelganger is an apparition or double of a living person, and and, and, the, and the doppelganger will look exactly. Like the the living person, bunch of weird stories about this from some historical stuff to a a, a very going to end on a very creepy modern telling of a doppelganger. Okay, okay. I, just before we dive in, because I have a question about doppelgangers, and if I don't mm-hmm, ask now, mm-hmm, sure. it'll just annoy me the whole story. Yeah, is that a real phenomena that like there is someone out there? Because right, and I ask because at least once a day, uh-huh. if I'm like out running errands or something, someone's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Nope." Not well, me, they're, they're, and they always yeah. are like, oh, but you look just like... We will address that in the stories, what you're okay. talking about, but just really quick now, so yeah. you don't you know, think about it. Um, there are, like, two different kinds. I mean, like, the the one kind of use of the term doppelganger is just somebody out there in the world who happens to look a lot like you. Okay. That, that, that's by far the most common. Okay. That, you know, we all... There's only so many different f- types of faces people can have 
and you're going to inevitably look like somebody else. Sure. Okay. That's that's very non-paranormal, very normal. The other one, it goes back to ancient mythology, and I'll address this in a little bit, but it's okay. this concept that there could be essentially an evil twin. Oh, okay. Out okay. there of you. you All know? right. Well, I've mm-hmm. never a dark twin. I've never heard about that. I'm yeah. sure I have one. So. Yeah. Okay. Geek. Okay. Okay, so you ready for the first group of stories? Yeah, I'm A little gonna, bit of setup here. Okay, well, you do okay. that. I'm going to get all cozied up. Okay. I got on some blue unicorns today, if you Cute. can. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Canic Chase, known to locals simply as The Chase, a small portion of wooded countryside, former part of the royal estate, located in the county of Staffordshire, England, just north of Birmingham. Uh, its official designation is the Canic Chase Area of Outstanding Natural Beauty. Only 26 square miles large, this relatively small geographical area, popular with mountain bikers, bird watchers, history buffs, and also paranormal investigators. For the last 200 years, sightings of everything from black dogs to werewolves to UFOs to encounters with a variety of ghostly specters, including black-eyed children, have poured out of this particular area. Several members of a paranormal group visiting Canic Chase in 1975 claim they saw a snarling beast rear up onto its hind legs and run off into the bushes. In April of 2007, the Stafford Post newspaper ran a report discussing a paranormal investigation group having been called in to look into calls from people who'd seen a werewolf-type creature prowling around the chase. Supposed witnesses claim they'd seen this wolf walking on its hind legs in the German War Cemetery on Camp Road. Canic Chase has been referenced in Ministry of Defense declassified documents as being a UFO activity hotspot. Ooh. With reports of floating silent balls of light, cigar-shaped flying tubes, a 10-foot-tall hovering light seen over Stafford Road, and more. The documents dated from 1986 to 1992 reveal a number of letters sent between Ministry of Defense officers and Staffordshire police written by officials trying to explain what the objects in the sky could be and not coming to any uh, definitive conclusions. Uh And in the early 80s, visitors to Cannock Chase began to also report seeing a black-eyed girl. Time now for the black-eyed girl of Cannock Chase. In the summer of 1982... An 18-year-old local woman, the aunt of British paranormal investigator and author Lee Brickley, was hanging out in the woods of Canic Chase as she often did. The area was a popular place at the time for teens and young adults to sneak off into the woods to party and fool around. And this one night, the young woman was drawn away from her friends around 9.45 p.m. when she heard a little girl cry out from the darkness of the forest. Oh, boy. Help! Help, Mommy! Help! The girl sounded frantic, and Lee's aunt rushed out further into the dark woods to try and find her. Walking through the dark trees and brush, she soon stumbled upon a trail, and that's when she saw her. She saw a girl, who looked like she was maybe between six and eight years old, running down the trail away from her, still shouting, Help! Mommy, help! Lizant ran after the girl, was shocked by how fast she was running. Lizant was 18, in good shape, and yet this little girl was outrunning her and pulling further and further away. Lizant tripped, gashed her toe, fell to the ground while chasing the girl, quickly got up, started chasing again. The little girl kept yelling, help, mommy, help. They ran deeper and deeper into the dark forest, further and further away from her friends. And then when the little girl reached a particularly dense area of thick and bushy trees, she finally stopped running and she turned around. Oh, God. She stood face to face with Lee's then 18-year-old aunt, who stopped dead in her tracks when she saw this little girl's face. The little girl looked like she had two dark lumps of charcoal for eyes. Her skin was unnaturally pale. She looked like the living dead. Lee's aunt was badly scared. And then as the woman stood frozen in fear, the black-eyed girl turned, ran further off into the woods, still crying out for help, still crying for her mommy. 
Lizon stayed where she was, watching the girl until she ran out of sight, and then she returned to where she and her friends had been hanging out, got in her car, and drove home. Okay. She told the police what she'd witnessed. The next morning, they sent canine officers to her home. She led them back to the spot in the woods where she'd seen the strange little girl, and dogs were used to search the area along with a variety of officers. The officers hadn't received any reports of missing children in the area around that time, and after a day or two of searching, they called the search off when they still hadn't found anything. They did make Lee's aunt aware of a series of little girls that had been abducted and killed by a local auto mechanic named Raymond Morris in that same portion of the forest in the 1960s. And Lee's aunt would come to believe that the entity that she saw may have been the ghost of one of those little girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, After she had lunch on September 8th, 1965, six-year-old Margaret Reynolds left home to walk back to her nearby school. She never made it. Almost four months later, on December 30th, with her family and investigators still having no idea where she'd gone, five-year-old Diane Joy Tift also vanished while playing near her grandma's house. Less than two weeks later, someone hiking through the woods of Canic Chase spotted what looked like a doll in a muddy ditch. Oh, God. It was little Tift's corpse. And when police recovered her body, submerged in some silt nearby, they found the little body of the Reynolds girl as well. Investigators determined that Tift had been raped before being suffocated. Reynolds' remains were too decomposed to ascertain exactly how she died or what may have been done with her prior to her death. A year and a half later, in August of 1967, seven-year-old Christine Ann Darby was walking with two friends around 2 p.m. when a man pulled up in a car and told Christine to get in. Unfortunately, she did. A couple of days later, Darby's dead, violated body was found in the dense foliage of Canic Chase, just a mile from where Reynolds and Tiff's bodies had also been dumped. Then on November 4th of the following year, 1968, 10-year-old Margaret Alton, uh, Margaret Alton and her brother, 9-year-old Stephen, were helping their mom prepare for Bonfire Night, a.k.a. Guy Fox Night, a British holiday, holiday, when a man approached Margaret and asked her if she wanted some free fireworks. He said he'd drive her to get some. He grabbed her by her arm, began to drag her into his car, but she fought back, was able to break free. Oh, my God. And then a young woman nearby, Wendy Lane, saw what was happening and intervened. When Lindy approached, the man fled, but luckily before he left the area, she was able to memorize his car's plate number, make, and color, gave that info to the police, as well as a description of the man, and soon, Raymond Leslie Morse, 39 years old, was arrested. Fuck yeah. The area was shocked. Raymond was the last person you'd expect to do what he'd done. He had a good job, a pretty wife, Carol, who was 14 years his junior, solid reputation. People who knew him said he was a great guy, outgoing, reliable, kind, and intelligent. I only bring up the age because of his predilection for much younger girls. Yeah. Uh, initially, his wife, Carol, provided him alibis for the murders he was accused of. But then she found some disturbing photos he'd hidden in their home. Pornographic images of him sexually assaulting their five-year-old niece. <sighs> she retracted her alibi. Morris was tried, found guilty of murder, sentenced to jail for life. He died in prison of cancer in 2014 at the age of 84. Good. Is the black-eyed girl Lee's aunt saw in the forest one of those victims? And does she still haunt the area? Sightings of other black-eyed children have been occurring since shortly after the girls went missing and were murdered. Sightings that continue to this day. One unnamed woman told Lee Brickley, who continues to investigate these encounters, that her family was once alerted by screams as they walked through the woods of Kennick Chase. She said... We instantly started running towards the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere, and so we stopped to catch our breath. That's when I turned around and saw a girl standing behind me. 
no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes, it was as if she was waiting for a birthday cake. She hadn't run up behind this woman and her family, she was just suddenly there. The woman, not knowing what else to do, asked if the girl was okay, if she had been the one screaming, and the girl put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes. That's when the woman saw they were completely black. (sighs) No iris, no white, nothing. She said, I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. It was so strange. Lee Brickley thinks the black-eyed child spotted in the woods is demonic, not a ghost. And if it's demonic, it's dangerous, he warns. He says almost all witnesses refer to this child giggling or calling for help. That suggests, in his mind, that she's trying to lure victims. What would have happened to his aunt if she would have kept following? Another paranormal investigator, Tom Buckmaster, said he just spent six hours looking for paranormal activity with his team in Canuck Chase when a black-eyed girl appeared at about 7 p.m. on October 10th, 2015. He claims his team was chased by this entity that she even verbally warned them were watching. Tom said it looked like a child dressed in white. While being chased, he said you could hear her running on the footpath behind us. And then after this being warned them, a being with enough of a physical presence to let others hear her run, she vanished. Will anyone ever know who or what this black-eyed girl is and what she wants? Or will the mystery of the Canic Chase black-eyed girl forever remain unsolved? Yay, yay, yay. And so we have some photos. Uh, one is, a, I mean, it is, you know, it's creepy woods. Uh, this first photo, Canic Chase Woods, pretty uh, here in this first one. Pretty but creepy. Mm-hmm, you know, just thick forest. I mean, there is something always a little uh, disturbing when you're alone or just with a few people way out in the woods where other people can't hear you. Uh, yeah. This next one is a little spookier photo. You know, like it just, you know, just paints the scene of uh, a place where you might hear weird sounds or think you see weird things. It is really pretty, though. It is, yeah, but it is really pretty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- now, this next one, uh, this keeps coming up with this story, this picture. Ah! Right, pretty disturbing. Uh, that that just, it might just be. I don't. I have no idea what this image is. It's just like when you find articles on Candy Chase, she keeps popping up. Okay. Okay. And then this next one is supposedly real. Uh, supposedly a real pic of the black eyed girl taken by that last story. Paranormal investigator uh, Tom Buckmaster. That last sighting. That's what he claims he saw. That's that's what he captured on mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. investigation. Yep. It, that, that's highly zoomed in. Uh, I would have right. shown the picture backed out, but it's like when you really back out of the original photo, yeah. it's like a little speck of light. You can't tell. Okay. What, and, and then supposedly zoomed in, zoomed in, zoomed in, digitally enhanced. That's what's there. That's what he says. I mean, oh, I'm just trying to think if I could. I'm, I'm trying to think of it zoomed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that could be anything other than a little girl. Right. Right. I mean, what do you think, Officer Stash? I have to take a quick drink of water, but okay. I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it. I mean, if if that hasn't been altered, well, that's the thing, it, 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 and that is an if. But yeah. if it hasn't been altered, yeah, I don't know what else you would make that out to be. It does look like a little girl. Yeah, it really does. I was trying to think, like, could because, like, you know, your your mind will play tricks on you, your eyes will play tricks on you. Yeah, right. So, and and if you want to see that, sometimes right. that's what you see. But right. I don't know. Looking at that photo feels very. I, I, that looks like a little girl. It almost it looks does. like her hand is like touching her face. And yeah, 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 yeah. Well, ever since was it last week that we were talking about um, <laughs> if we opened the curtains and saw something outside? Oh yeah, yeah. And that is always been in your imagination or in your mind. Oh yeah, I had such a hard time sleeping last night because I was working on stories, and mm-hmm. then it was all in my mind, and like my sleeping pills weren't working. 
I had some spooky moments this last week. I mean, you did? Yeah, yeah, just working here alone at the office um, by myself. Just every once in a while where it's like corner of your eye, you know, mm-hmm. you, you think you see a flicker of movement, could be a reflection or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but it, it spooks me enough where I have to have a moment of like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Just don't, don't get worked up. Yeah. I know. I was trying to go to bed while you were here. Mm-hmm. And... I just allowed myself to get sucked into like news articles and such because the way that our bedroom is set up and because mm-hmm. I sleep the side of the bed that I sleep on, if you look at the mirror and our bedroom door is just a little bit open, you can see down the hallway almost like a ping ping, you know, like bathroom yeah, stairway. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just enough that like, what's that? <laughs> right, you know? right, yeah. And, and honestly, it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. our house has been feeling pretty good lately. So <laughs> Yeah, good, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did have a question about that story. At the sure. beginning, you said something about sightings of black dogs. Yeah, that's a whole other legend that I don't have the information. I don't want to speak to it yeah. today because I, I, I feel like I'll just be talking out my ass. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I, th- I didn't know that. There's all kinds of dog-type legends, from, you know, sightings, like another entity that I'm sure we'll address at some point here on sure. Scared to Death, like hellhounds. Oh. And then just, you know, sometimes they are just called like this phenomenon of just like black dogs. People think they're <laughs> demonic. In my mind, I was like, but sh- I... Like a shadow person, but a dog. Well, I, I was thinking of my black lab I had growing up. Ah, yeah, that's a much <laughs> I was like, oh, m- more positive association. Oh, no, is my dog uh, naughty? <laughs> uh, you, you, you may have noticed, uh, Creeps and Peepers, that we um, have had some ads recently, which we're very excited about. Yay, it's so good for us. We're mm-hmm. so excited. I mean, so th- grateful. Yeah, so grateful. This is our business sponsored for sure. Help keep us in business. Uh, the more sponsors we get, you know, the longer we'll be able to keep doing this show that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be putting the sponsor break in between stories uh, so we won't disrupt the flow of the show. Please take advantage of the deals we present. And if you're going to buy uh, what we're promoting, please use the discount codes yeah. and custom URL landing pages. I mean, you save money and then the sponsors know we sent them your way so they keep sponsoring us. And just thanks. Thanks yeah. to uh, uh, all of you for helping us get to this point. We'll do our best to keep you coming back. Yeah. And here's what that sponsor break is for this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Scared to Death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Scared to Death. What is the most basic gift you have ever given the moms in your life for Mother's Day? Flowers? A candle? Some random knickknack you picked up at the last minute because you completely spaced Mother's Day? I have definitely made the mistake of procrastinating gifts for Mother's Day. And then, like the Friday before, I run to whatever store is open and convince myself that, yes, yes, my mom does need another coffee mug that declares she's the world's (laughs) best. So lame. This year, how about one-upping yourself by giving the moms in your life an Aura picture frame? Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to any mom at any age. 
Aura Frames connect easily to Wi-Fi and have unlimited storage so you can share as many pictures as you want. This year, as many of you know, I am on a spending freeze, but one of my carve-outs was meaningful gifts for the people I love. I don't want to give all of the moms in our lives something that won't bring them joy. We are giving Aura Frames to the moms in our world because they are timeless, heartwarming gifts. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code SCARED at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking, and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And we're back. We're yeah. back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, putting up with those little commercials, if you will. Mm-hmm. We, it makes a big difference for us, and we're super grateful. Uh, let's get real creepy now. Okay. This next story gave me chills multiple times, especially the end part. Yep. Curious how much is going to scare you. Bunch of setup on this one. I mean, I'm already nervous because I think I have like real doppelgangers out there. Okay. Well, this this will make this might make you think entirely different about doppelgangers. Who knows? It might make you more scared. It might make you less. Uh, and scared to death. We've covered stories about ghosts, monsters, creepy creatures. You know, from the darkest realms of Earth, other beings from non-earthly realms. Now, you know, going to present something new to fear. Uh, when you lie awake at night, when your mind wanders to thoughts of what else could be in the room with you, do you ever think about yourself? Another you somewhere nearby in the darkness. Have you ever encountered your doppelganger? The word doppelganger, introduced by German author Jean-Paul in his 1796 novel, uh, Sabancus. I'm probably butchering that. Uh, the, uh, the novel's plot features the protagonist, Sabancus, exchanging identities with his friend and lookalike, uh, Liebgeber. Uh, soon the word came to mean double walker, uh, the word doppelganger. Some doppelgangers are harmless. Just someone else out there who happens to look like you do. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Someone coincidentally, you know, you share a variety of physical features with. Uh, there's another kind of doppelganger, an entity that doesn't look a lot like you. It looks exactly like you. An entity not of this realm that may intend harm for the object of its sick uh, impersonation. This evil doppelganger, this dark twin, has deep roots in the ancient mythologies of uh, numerous cultures. In Norse mythology, the doppelganger is called the Vardiger. The Vardiger appears before the person leaving their voice, scent, footsteps, or appearance in places before the real person physically arrives there. In Egyptian mythology, the doppelganger is uh, similar to the Ka. A Ka is someone's uh, spiritual double. Many Egyptians believed 
that when someone died, their spiritual double lived on as long as they had somewhere to live, typically the person's body. This is why the ancient Egyptians mummified their dead, actually. Mm, mm-hmm. They believed that if they kept the body from decomposing, the spiritual double would be able to, uh, you know, inhabit it again. If the body decayed, the spiritual double would die and the deceased would lose their chance at eternal life. Just talked about that at length in the Egyptian Gods episode of Time Suck Podcast, uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, according to, <laughs> Shameless promotion, it's fine. According to North American uh, uh, folklorists, uh, several American Indian tribes believed that the doppelganger was something to be feared, not protected. Various American Indian tales, such as some in Hopi mythology, describe both, both an upper world and an underworld. Yeah. The good people live in the upper world, and the evil doubles live in the underworld, very reminiscent of Jordan Peele's fantastic 2019 horror movie, Us. Yeah. Oof. Numerous cultures around the world have at one time or another believed that there is a different version of you out there somewhere, perhaps from a darker realm. A version of you that is possibly very much aware of your existence, possibly following you, possibly intent on actually replacing you. How scary is that? Imagine waking up, uh, seeing yourself, you know, staring back at you, a sinister version of yourself, the worst imaginable type of identity theft, your double taking your life from you. Also terrifying to think about that happening to someone around you. Imagine one day your spouse or child or mother or father suddenly just really doesn't seem like themselves. They look the same as they always have. Maybe they even say the right things. They know the same inside jokes, same shorthand, but something about them just doesn't feel right. I mean. I know. Today's a weird day to tell the story uh, with my mustache. Something's off. Uh, and as time moves forward, that something continues to be off. But if it was a doppelganger, they would still have the beer. They wouldn't uh, change like that. Uh, you can never prove it, but you know that they're not the same inside. It's an incredibly unnerving thought. Many noted figures throughout history have claimed to have seen another version of themselves. Shortly before her death at the dawn of the 17th century, Queen Elizabeth I rumored to have seen a corpse-like figure of herself lying on her bed. That's right. I remember this. Early 19th century noted British poet Percy Shelley, whose wife Mary wrote the novel Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. told Mary that he'd been visited by his doppelganger on numerous occasions, including shortly before he died in a sailing accident. He believed in this very, very much. He claimed that when he once walked out onto a terrace one evening, he was approached by his doppelganger who asked him, how long do you mean to be content? Others also saw his doppelganger. What? Such as his friend Jane Williams, who said she once distinctly saw Percy walk past her window. When she popped outside to speak to him, he was nowhere to be found despite uh, being seen walking towards a dead end just a few feet away. She later found out that the day that she saw him, Percy, the real Percy, was miles and miles and miles away from his, uh, her home. Mm-mm. Percy's doppelganger was seen for the final time a few days prior to his last sailing excursion. Percy saw then followed his phantom twin, twin as it walked from his Italian beach house to the seashore. Percy watched himself watch him, and then the doppelganger silently pointed out towards the waves before vanishing. He died, you know, uh, just uh, uh, a little while later. Dang. 19th century U.S. President Abraham Lincoln claimed to have seen his creepy doppelganger reflected in a mirror on the very night he was first elected into office. Lincoln wrote in his journal, looking in that glass, I saw myself reflected nearly at full length, but my face, I noticed, had two separate and distinct images, the tip of the nose of one being about three inches from the tip of the other. I was a little bothered, but then the illusion vanished. On lying down again, I saw it a second time, plainer if possible than before. And then I noticed that one of the faces was a little paler, say five shades than the other. 18th century Russian Empress Catherine the Great had a haunting encounter with the doppelganger shortly before her death in 1796. 
It was reported that Catherine's servants woke her frantically one night after having just seen her plain as day sitting silently in her throne room. Confused, Catherine accompanied them, accompanied them back to the throne room where she also saw her double sitting before her. <sighs> Catherine reportedly ordered her servants to fire on the doppelganger and when they shot at it, it vanished. Then just a week later, Catherine died unexpectedly, suddenly of a stroke. All these examples, they've all just been quick encounters with an apparition that doesn't necessarily interfere with the life of the person it looks identical to. These next two tales, one a little older, one very modern, much more intense. Uh, the first from the early 19th century. Time now for a tale of dark double visions. Emily Sage was born in 1813 in Dijon, France. She grew up to be an intelligent, attractive, competent, and likable uh, you know, young woman, yet she had a real hard time holding down a job. In fact, she burned through over 19 different teaching jobs in just 16 years. Holy hell. Why did that happen? Possibly as crazy as it sounds, uh, because she had a doppelganger scaring the hell out of other teachers and students wherever she taught. All kinds of people allegedly saw this phantom twin. According to the many tellings across the web of this story, it seems that the only person uh, who knew Emily who didn't see this doppelganger was Emily herself. The following supposedly occurred at one of the many schools she was fired from. In 1845, when she was 32, Emily started working at a French-language private girls' school in Latvia. Although she was a talented and well-liked teacher, she soon became the focus of rumor and speculation revolving around how it appeared that there was not just one Miss Sage teaching at the school, but there were two. Sage's double first appeared in her classroom. As she wrote on the blackboard with her back to class, students witnessed a second Miss Sage appear in front of them, mimicking the movements of their teacher. <gasps> when Miss Sage turned around to see what her class was distracted and gasping about, her twin vanished. She would return many, many times. One evening as Miss Sage ate in the dining hall, her twin returned once again to a room full of witnesses, and again, her phantom twin mirrored her actions without her seeing it. Oh my God. From that day on, sightings of two Miss Sages became more and more common. One summer day in 1846, 42 students sat in the hall embroidering small pieces of fabric. As the girls worked, Sage picked flowers in the school's garden. Then, when the sewing teacher left the room to speak to a colleague, Sage's double suddenly appeared at, at the front of the room, staring straight out at numerous frightened children. By the time the real Mrs. Sage returned, the apparition had vanished. Oh, how frustrating. On another occasion, Sajay was helping a young girl with a costume for a play. When the student glanced down to see how her teacher was getting on with the adjustments, she was stunned to suddenly be watching two Mrs. Two Miss Sajays working on the same dress. This girl was so shocked she fainted. Sajay never saw her phantom. In fact, she couldn't see it even when it stood right in front of her. However, she did seem to know when it was near. Witnesses said that when the apparition appeared, the color would drain from the real Mrs. Uh, Miss Sajay's face. Also, overcome with fatigue... Her movements would become listless whenever the apparition was near. She'd feel a bit sick. What the hell was going on? Miss Sage was soon fired from yet another teaching job, as her double had now terrified everyone at the school multiple times, and if she didn't leave, presumably, parents would begin to withdraw their kids as students. What happened to Miss Sage following the firing? No idea. The rest of her life is lost to history, it seems. Why is that? Did her doppelganger stop following her to more and more teaching jobs? Or... Did no one see Miss uh, Did no one see two Miss Sages anymore because her phantom twin took over her life and now there was only one. Ugh. Now on to a I think much creepier than that even account contemporary account of a doppelganger experience posted by someone referring to themselves as Sam. This one gave me the chills so many times. Okay, I'm getting getting under. 
This is what Sam said. My house has a problem with doppelgangers. At first, we didn't notice the doubles. After all, it was easy to tell ourselves that we'd be mistaken when we'd see someone in some place they shouldn't have been. Me and my husband, Doug, we bought our first house in 2014. Q plays kind of a fixer-upper, good first house. We weren't home a lot because we were both working long hours. Doug runs a restaurant, I work as a financial advisor. Home was a place to watch TV, get some sleep, maybe grab a meal, then head back to work. Then in 2015, my parents lost their jobs. They came to stay with us to save money until they were working again, and that's when things got strange. I first saw one when I got the flu that spring. I took a few days off work to recover, spent most of my time drinking flu medicine and laying on the couch. At one point, I woke up from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly appeared, leaning over the bar and staring at me without saying anything. I knew my mother was supposed to be out volunteering that afternoon, but when I saw her, I just assumed she'd come home early to check on me. Mm-hmm. My mother then started to walk down the hall and motioned for me to follow. Her face was strangely expressionless, and I thought it was odd that she wasn't talking, but she looked exactly like my mom, so I followed her. My mom loves to tell stories and joke around, and she talks with her hands. She's an upbeat, lively person. This mother I was following walked down the hall after waving for me to follow and had zero liveliness. As she walked, her her limp hands dangled at her sides. I wondered if she felt okay. Halfway down the hall, my mother turned and shot me a small smile that felt more off than anything else she'd done. My mom was a genuine person. This smile felt very fake. Just then, the front door slammed. I whipped around and saw that my mother, my real mother, was walking in the house. Holy shit. When I turned around, the creature at the end of the hall was gone. I just about screamed, but then I quickly convinced myself it was the flu medicine. I had taken too much NyQuil. I didn't tell anyone about seeing this double, and by the time I went to bed that night, I'd convinced myself it was just some sort of fever dream. But then a couple weeks later, when I was feeling fine and not taking any kind of medication at all, it happened again. Uh Uh-uh. This time, I wasn't the only person who saw it. I was talking to my dad in the hallway one evening after I'd come home from work. Doug was still at the restaurant. My dad was working on some small repairs around the house. We were talking about some clogged drains when we both saw my mother walk right past us without saying anything and into her room, shutting the door behind her. I immediately knew in my gut that whatever just walked past us was not my mom. And that it was the thing I'd seen when I was sick and laying on the couch. I quickly walked back out into the living room where I'd seen my mom laying on the couch sleeping. And there she was, still asleep. Uh. I got the chills. I looked back down the hall towards my dad, who is now looking at my mom as well. We were both terrified. We looked at the closed door. My dad started to open it and then stopped. He motioned for us to walk back down the hall. We walked past my real mom. He quietly told me that he had a very very bad feeling in his gut about what was happening on the other side of that door. Oh, God. We agreed to leave it alone for the moment. When my mom woke up, we talked to her about it, and when Doug came home, we filled him in as well. Doug was the one who went ahead and finally opened the door. Whatever my dad and I had watched walk into that room was now gone. A few weeks later, either a new doppelganger showed up in my home or the same entity that had pretended to be my mom now was pretending to be someone else. I was sitting at my desk in the corner of my room working on some investment proposals for a new client when my dad walked in and sat on my bed. Oh, boy. He was silent. I assumed he was waiting for me to finish up so we could talk, maybe about something serious, like his and my mom's finances. 
As I finished typing up a report, he started fidgeting with the decorative pillow. After I saved my file, I said I needed to go to the bathroom real quick, and then I'd come right back so we could talk. When I walked into the bathroom, I glanced out the window and saw that my dad's car was not in the driveway. (sighs) My stomach sank. I then remembered that my parents had both left early that morning to deal with some out-of-town business a few hours away. Said they wouldn't be back until after dark, hours from now. So if they were still out of town, what the hell was sitting on my bed? After hiding in the bathroom for about 15 minutes, I finally made myself come out, walk back down the hall, look inside. Thank God no one was there. But the decorative pillow my father's doppelganger had been holding was now on the floor several feet away from the bed as if it had been tossed there. Doug and I now threw ourselves into planning for my parents to get their own place. We desperately hoped, as bad as this may sound, that whatever was happening was attached to them and not us or our house. In the meantime, we we all turned on location sharing on our phones so we'd always know where the real person was in case we saw someone else's double again. And then I saw a new doppelganger. One afternoon, right before my parents did move out, I returned home to find Doug, my husband, working on a pipe under the sink, music blasting out of a laptop on his computer. Or, I'm sorry, laptop on the counter. I immediately thought this was very strange. Doug is not Mr. Fix-It. He had never done plumbing work before that I was aware of. I started to freak out, but then when I quickly checked my phone, it said that Doug was at home. Oh, my God. Fine. There's a first time for everything. I just assumed the first time that Doug had tried to fix a leaky pipe. I'd only stopped at home to grab a grocery list I'd left on the counter, so I grabbed it, popped back out the door to drive to the store. Before I made it back to my car, Doug began to pull into the driveway. Shut the fuck up. I started to panic. If Doug was inside, who was pulling up? Could doppelgangers drive? Doug popped out of the truck. I ran into the house to tell my husband what was happening outside, but he wasn't in the house anymore. Oh. I couldn't find him. There was no music playing from the laptop. The doors under the sink were both closed. I screamed. Then Doug outside started to run to the door. I screamed at him, get away from me. He froze in the door. I yelled, what do you want from us? Sam, he said in a very calm, soothing voice, Sam, it's me. It's, it's really me, Doug. Somehow I could tell I was now speaking to the real Doug. At least I think I was. And after I told him about the doppelganger I'd seen working on the sink, he told me the reason location tracking said he was home was because he hadn't been able to find his phone before he'd left for work that morning. Oh my God. He always put it on the bedside table to charge overnight, always. But that morning, it was gone. What the fuck? We later found it carefully hidden inside a pillowcase. Yeah. Was whatever we'd been seeing around the house now hiding things from us? Or I thought, was I no longer speaking to my husband? Despite him really seeming to be Doug, was I now sharing my bed with someone or something else? Oh, my. Thoughts like this began to drive me insane. You gotta get out. Over the next few weeks before my parents moved out, there were more sightings. All of us at least once thought we saw someone in the family, only to find out later that whatever we saw could not have been who we thought we saw. It continued to happen to me more than to anyone else. Every so often, I would see my mom or dad or Doug doing something just out of sight. I'd see them run down a hall, leave for the backyard. I'd chase them. I no longer cared if chasing them was dangerous. I just wanted answers. But the doubles kept vanishing. Then just as it was getting unbearable to live in our home, and right after we decided to move out, the doubles stopped appearing. My parents moved to a cute little town about an hour away. And about two months after that, I got pregnant. And then, since the doubles had stopped appearing, we decided not to move out anymore. No. I wish we had. Several months into my pregnancy, I started getting up several times in the night to pee. And the past few nights, I've started to see a new doppelganger, my own. (sighs) I'll see this other me in the mirror out of the corner of my eye. When I start to walk out of the bathroom, it just stands there and stays. It watches me leave. It never says anything. 
Does it vanish when I turn my head to get a better look? I'm not sure because I haven't done that yet. I'm too scared. And then earlier today, I took a nap in bed while Doug sat in the chair next to, a, uh, next to it watching TV. When I woke up, he told me how he'd now also seen my doppelganger. Shit. He said that he'd watched me crawl backwards to the edge of the bed earlier, gotten up to use the bathroom. He said he thought it was strange that I was moving like that, considering how I'm in the last month of my pregnancy. He tried talking to me. And then when I didn't answer him, he walked over to the door to follow me down the hall and I wasn't there. And then when he looked back down at the bed, I was still there sound asleep. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now I wonder, why am I the last to appear? And since it never speaks, I wonder, what does this thing want? And how long will all of this go on until she or it gets it? Holy shit. They have to move right now. How creepy is that? They're going to see a baby doppelganger. Oh, my God. Yeah, that story really just like, woo, that that concept. No, thank you. No, thank you. God, that would be freaky. I to see yourself. Okay. I mean, it does remind me of the movie. That, that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, oh. but if, okay, if that happened in our household, yeah. okay, and I'm seeing uh, doppelganger Kyler, doppelganger oh Monroe. God. I mean, Monroe is like a little dangerous anyways, but then I see doppelganger you. Then oh I see God. me. If I see me, I immediately think I'm going to die. That, that's it. That's my first thought. Yikes. I'm fucking freaked out. And does it drive you to just like kill yourself? I know. It drive you insane. Insane. How would it not? Oh my god! So, uh. this, so got some pictures here. This first pic is supposedly of Emily Sage. Uh, shows up an article after article about this case. That is so unbelievably creepy. Now I'm not sure if it's real. I mean, it seems doctored. It does seem doctored to me, but I mean, I don't know. It's a creepy photo. At the very least, it's a very disturbing old photo. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's supposedly. I mean, it could be just meant. I don't know. I Somebody could have whatever. Th- this next one is another supposed photo of Emily Sage. Yeah. Uh, seems, God, that is just so creepy. That's so creepy. I mean, in that picture, God. if you didn't tell me any context, I'd be like, oh, twins. Right, right. But, uh, one more. And again, I don't know exactly if someone is doing these or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you listening and not watching, Dan just showed a picture of like two hot males. They're twin brothers. Twin brothers in, uh... Banana hammocks. Double dongs. Double dongs. Double dongs. My God. Double gangers, uh, you know, do- double gangers and double, do- double dongs, easy to mix up. Double dong, do- double ganger. Uh, one more real one. Pretty okay. pretty sure this is uh, Emily Sage. Uh, so, yeah. So, just that one obviously is just like a photo of her that they, you know, split mirrored yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I was like, that's too good. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's a man, that's <sighs> a lady who may have been tortured by a strange vision of herself weird 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 yeah i never considered that as an option of something that could haunt me i know right you just added to the lexicon of horror mm-hmm, exactly i don't care for you're it you're welcome uh peepers yeah good luck good luck getting that out of your head yeah well that's really and it'll I, creep me out just uh, research it just because it's it's such a disturbing like a fundamentally disturbing thought i think it, it it's so bothersome because you know it's like the at the core of our identity is is the fact that there is no one else like us. Right. I'm me. I'm the only me. There can be a lot of these other things, but nobody else gets to be me. And the Except. doppelganger destroys that. Where it's like, what if there is? It's you, but it's not you. Right. It's you, and it's and what if it's you that wants to take over your life? Yeah, it's a very disturbing concept. Yikes. 
What if you're in the mirror? Mm-hmm. You know, brushing your teeth. Oh, no. You know I don't like mirrors. Well, this is like a very mirror story. It is. Oh, my God. You saw, what if you saw another you just standing right behind exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. Because like you're always afraid of like what's behind the oh, shower curtain. I'm going to have nightmares now. Or like the creepy, dark yeah, thing in the corner. I hate that thought. I hate that thought so much. Oh, I'd, rather, I'd rather see a monster. I'd rather see anything other than myself. Than, than like a, an evil version of myself right behind me. Like it's like me, but something is very mean in the eyes. Yeah. Anything other than that. Anything. Dude. This is really like my brain is going so hard into like what would that be like? The worst. The worst. It would be the worst. The absolute worst. Hey, remember last week when we were doing this and that candle went out on its own? Yeah. I think it went out again. Maybe we need a new candle. I don't know. There, I checked after the show, and there was a lot of candle and a lot of wick. Yeah. So I just I don't see it like glowing anymore. Maybe my doppelganger is in here blowing it out. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to borrow a crystal? No, okay. I'm good. <laughs> I thought I could really sneak that one in there. Um, you know that old saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you do. I do. I know. The, do. I know all the old sayings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why uh, I said that. They, they say like uh, you don't die until someone says your name for the last time. I have heard that. I have no idea what it means, but I have heard that. It means what it says. It, it's just like about like your memory oh, living on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you just have to figure out who that dead person is because maybe it's not really you. Maybe it's an evil spirit or just a spirit that hasn't moved on mm. that has taken on your form. And if you mm. just figure out its name and say it one last time, maybe it goes away. Okay. Maybe it doesn't want to die. Okay. I, I don't know. I just want some sort of solution. <laughs> sure, that, maybe. That was, Who knows? That is not a good solution. That's fucking nonsense. Uh, I just... You're trying. Oh, God. Well, now I'm thinking about, like, if if you were... If I was seeing double you, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you died, like, mysteriously, but then double you spirit i guess that's what i want to know do i still see w oh I, yeah i don't know do i see evil dan like if the one person died would the doppelganger live on i don't know i don't know don't know that wasn't addressed in any capacity it's a mystery sure as hell not researching it because my brain is already messed up wow wow well you get a little breather okay. here dan officer stash <laughs> uh before we go into our stories mm-hmm. i have two things that i want to share today Okay. Before that are that are not scary, they're just little announcements. Feels like a good place to do this. So, one, do you remember several weeks ago? Actually, probably like a month ago now. Uh, I was sharing with our community about Safe Passage, which yes, you know I do uh-huh. a bunch of volunteer work for. Well, I just wanted to give a big, huge, massive thank you. So the goal was seven fifty. Uh-huh. There were a lot of us virtual ambassadors, and we more than doubled. My goal, which was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, safe passage on behalf of me or through me, however you want to say that, because of you guys, mm-hmm. uh, collected over $1,600. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Aww, so that's I'm, fantastic. I'm super yeah. grateful. Thank but, you all. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, domestic violence and sexual assault are always issues that are near and dear to my heart for a variety of reasons that we won't get into here, but I appreciate it. And during- Can we at least address that I had nothing to do with you? It has nothing to do with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, just so that's not weird, a weird, not that I would think that. Right. But, but no, one person's fair. like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. 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 It has nothing to do with Dan. Dan met me when all that stuff, mm-hmm. after those things had happened in my life. Um, and if you didn't have the ability to help out or miss that opportunity, I work with Safe Passage 
on and off all year long. So uh, there will be other opportunities that I'll, I'm sure I'll be sharing here in this format. And now mm-hmm. for something super spoopy. Okay. Uh, in case you are bouncing around or you missed it last week, I just wanted to share with everyone uh, about our forthcoming Scared to Death mm-hmm. fan story book from mm-hmm. year one of the podcast. So to celebrate our one-year anniversary of the show, which is coming up here in September, we're making a book. Yep, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, get the fuck mm-hmm, out of here. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Uh, so it's just super, super exciting. Yeah. And uh, so many times, like, fans have said, oh, you know, I want more content, or I mm-hmm. wish that I could go back and read that or whatever. So what we've decided to do is to take the fan stories mm-hmm. and make that into a book. Uh, so here's the deal. If you've heard your story on this podcast, please, please, please email me and Kate will be taking care of this at book, B-O-O-K, at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. And we'll send you a little re- release form saying, Great. you know, I want my story in there. Uh, I want my name left out. I don't want my story in there. Yep. Uh, if you if you don't sign a release, we won't put your story in there. So, um, you know, that's entirely up to you. If you just want to ignore this entirely and not be a part of it, that's yeah. we respect that. N- now, the process to do this is going to be a bit lengthy. So, um you know, this book isn't going to come out immediately. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted because we're we're working through the details. We've never done this before. And uh, all of that being said, we have to have all of these release forms by July 14th. So that is the okay. last day we're accepting any releases. So again, that email address is book, B-O-O-K, at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. And listen, like, you know, we get so many stories. So if your stories didn't make it in yet, uh, mm-hmm. don't stress. We hope we get to do this book again next year. And yeah. the year after and so on until there's no more spoopy toys, stories to tell. <laughs> All right. Was that a good That was good. Palette that was good. cleanser? Good job. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Dan. Thank you, sir. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, squishy squish? Ready. All right. So I'm so excited to tell you this story simply because the fan who sent it in, guess what his name is? Uh, doppelganger. Darren. Oh, ha <laughs> ha. Darren. Darren. No, it's not that Darren. Sure. Um, but Darren has the opportunity to visit a haunted house. And I, I think that in telling this story, we are going to implore him to do it. So okay. let's let's really get okay. Darren there. Dear Scared to Death, Suck King and Queen and the, and the Bad Magic team, I've been wanting to write this story to you for a while now, but I was too scared to tell it. In telling you this story, I will be forcing myself into actually following up on an offer to investigate a confirmed haunted house. Now, just an FYI here, I was not in any way a believer of the paranormal until this incident. I always figured that there was a real-life, normal explanation for everything. Mm -hmm. For work, I complete energy audits on residential homes on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, which, by the way, has a ton of supernatural and paranormal history. I go into about 700 different homes a year trying to find ways to help people save money on their utility bills so you can only imagine what kinds of houses I go into. Mm -hmm. New, old, big, small, not haunted, haunted. (laughs) About five or six years ago, I went into this 1800s sea captain's home. It was a very creepy old home that sits on the corner of two roads in South Yarmouth, Mass. The day was bright and sunny, but something about the house just felt off. It all felt just plain weird. When I went down into the basement as part of my job, Mm -hmm. there were some old chains and even an old ball and chain, which I had never seen before nor Mm -hmm. since in my eight years on this job. That was just the beginning of this weird experience. 
I was surveying the outside of the home, taking pictures with my phone, which is part of the job, when I heard somebody softly calling my name. Darren. 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 I looked around and nobody was there. I work with someone else, but both he and the homeowner were inside the home. Furthermore, I was about 200 feet from the house when this happened. But the voice sounded so close to me. Mm-hmm. I suddenly remembered that I had my work phone that I was taking pictures with and my personal phone in my pocket. Thinking I had somehow butt-dialed someone with my other phone, I checked both phones, but nobody was on the phone and there were no recent incoming or outgoing calls. Weird. I quickly dismissed it and finished the rest of my job. While I was going over everything with the homeowner, I jokingly asked her if the house was haunted. Now, I do this with almost every customer who lives in an old home because it's so fun to hear stories about people seeing things moving or Mm -hmm. uh, doors opening and closing on their own or other things that happen with no explanation. Most people are too embarrassed to just simply say, yeah, my house is haunted. And so asking them if the house is haunted invites them to tell you all the things that make them feel crazy, but they think you might believe it too. When I was asking this particular homeowner, is your house haunted? The customer stopped and said in a very serious voice, why, did you see something? I looked at her sideways and said, no, but please tell me more. Mm -hmm. She went on and told me that the home was previously either her mother's or her grandmother's, I can't remember. And ever since she was a kid, there was a ghost that roamed the house. He was friendly and never hurt anyone. I think they may have even named him. The last person who saw him was a home inspector or someone like that, someone who had a job kind of like mine. He had been outside the house taking pictures just as I had been when he saw somebody looking at him angrily from the top bedroom window. When he went inside, he asked if the gentleman upstairs would be okay with him going up there to continue his inspection, and he was informed that by the homeowner that she was the only living person in the house and that it must have been the ghost. The inspector quickly left the house upon hearing this. (laughs) When she told me the story, I felt sick. As she was telling me the story, I remembered what happened to me when I was taking the pictures of the house. Mm -hmm. My heart went into my stomach, and I began feeling like she knew what had happened out there, but there was just no way she could know. I never told her what happened. I just finished up my job, and I left the house. Now, I've gotten into the paranormal and supernatural a little bit, and just reading up on some things... Or there was a time that I also went on a ghost hunt to a supposedly haunted, closed-down mental state hospital. So take all that and fast forward to this year. A very close friend dating all the way back to middle school and is now one of my coworkers Mm -hmm. and a big listener of Scared to Death. Hi, Josh. (laughs) Called me and told me that an acquaintance of his, this is his wife's boss's grandmother. Okay. Okay. Lives in a haunted house on the Cape and knows we like this kind of stuff. And she was willing to let us do a ghost hunt one night if we wanted to. Yeah. The home is supposedly so haunted that a TV series just put them up in a hotel for a week so they could come in and film the house and try to figure out more about the spirit living in the house. So anyways, of course, I'm all in and I'm super stoked that we get to go into a real haunted house. Mm -hmm. I ask him to send me the address so I can scope out the house before we go. It was the same fucking house. Oh my God. There's no way in hell this is a coincidence. Out of all the houses, how could this be? I have one supernatural experience and then it just so happens I get invited back to do a ghost hunt there. Mm -hmm. The homeowner never knew about my experience because I never told her and my friend never told her because he didn't put two and two together. Now they are worried that the ghost spirit. Now they are worried that the spirit is getting upset. 
They have been hearing aggressive noises since the ghost hunters left. My friends keep asking me, when are we going? But I honestly have been too scared to go back. It knows my name. Weird circumstances are inviting me back to that house and the spirit is getting upset. It all feels so strange. But I cannot let an opportunity like this go. So I made it a point now to tell you this story. And so I will be forced to go back to the house and give you an update later. Hope you like the story. Your biggest creepy creeper. Mm. I'm sorry, your biggest creepy peeper, <laughs> Darren. Oh, thanks, Darren. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get the being scared, but I mean, he's got to go. I would go too. As he curi- has to go. Just curiosity. I would just be like, oh my god, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I mean, kind of like th- that. That kind of adventure to me feels like like I, I like getting uh, amped up to watch a good scary movie. Like yeah. like I just finished uh, actually my own yesterday, uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, how was uh, it? I, I, I seen it as a kid. It's. I think it's still really scary. Was it? I think you had. I didn't see the remake. Okay, the old version. Yeah, I just saw the old version again. Uh-huh. And I and I do love. I finished actually last night. I went for like a late workout um, at the little gym that we have that nobody else goes to. Um, that's always like dead. Before, it's like our own personal gym. Before COVID, it was dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was completely alone, and it definitely had me like. Oh, were you watching it at the gym mm-hmm, on the treadmill mm-hmm. or whatever? Yeah, on the little okay. re- whatever uh, elliptical type thing. Yeah. And, you know, so like I can't see like behind me, but there's kind of reflection of glass. And I was getting spooked out by myself. Uh. And, and this to me feels like that times 100 where it's like that. that but but I, but I kind of like it. I like, uh, like getting it. spooked. The adrenaline. I like the adrenaline. Yeah. I can't imagine how you would feel. If you had that experience where you heard the same whisper, the person, the weird uh, in the window, the, the vision of someone, the whole uh, story about the uh, the TV show, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. uh, going there and then the thing getting riled up afterwards and then going to check it out. Oof, he has good, to good go. Scares. He has to go. Or if he goes, is he his namesake? Because we were yelling at Darren to like stop, uh, yeah. knock it the fuck off. He is, He's kind of a Darren, but the best kind. He's the best kind. Darren, please go. Please go. Usually we say don't be a Darren. Be a Darren this time. Be a Darren. For us. Go. 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 Darren, be your best Darren. <laughs> but like we want video. We want pictures. Oh, I mean, Pixar didn't happen. Oh, boy. Am I right? Well, I mean, they say that these things sometimes don't show up on images. Yeah, but try, but try your best. Try your best. I want like like a helmet with a GoPro. Oh, okay. That's what I would do because mm. in my fear and concern and like I would just be running away from something is mm-hmm. what I imagine in my brain. I would I would lose my phone. We'd be buying new phones. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. It would get stepped on, smashed. Right, right. Good right. idea. Go, right. GoPro. GoPro. I think you can get them pretty cheap now, too. Yeah, Like, like an old version? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So now we, we we stay on the East Coast. Okay. Which, which, by the way, I have to say, like, Cape Cod. Have you ever been there? No. You, yeah, is, you love it. Well, specifically, I love Nantucket, which is off the coast of Cape Cod. Okay. Which also, like, feels pretty spoopy. If anybody's got any Nantucket stories, I would love it. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're staying over there. And uh, here comes a message from Connecticut. Uh, Hey, Dan and Lindsay, I stumbled across your podcast recently, and I've been binging ever since. Thank you so much. It's so nice. I've had a number of inexplicable encounters throughout my life, but this one takes the cake for me. I grew up in a small town called Branford in Connecticut. Hmm. The town, do you know it? No. The town was founded in 1644 and has quite a number of historical buildings as well as some very haunted land. This particular story takes place at my friend Adam's house. Adam lived in a very large home that was built in the mid 1800s. 1800s? What? Yeah. Yeah, 1800s. Mm-hmm. Is it alternate pronunciation? The hundreds. <laughs> the hundreds? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know. It's... You sound like me. I've been hanging out with you too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he lived there with his parents, his older sister, and his dog. And being best friends at the time, I'd sleep over on the weekends all the time as a kid. 
He would tell me frequently about weird things that would happen in his home. But having never seen anything myself, I never really believed him. That is, until this one particular day. We were sitting on his couch watching a movie. Behind his TV were two large windows that looked out into the yard. And during the movie, I noticed someone walk behind us through the reflection in the window. But I didn't think anything of it at first. Uh My brain tried to rationalize it as being one of his parents walking through the kitchen. Except a moment later, I realized two things. One, I didn't hear any footsteps. Now, his parents loved me and definitely would have stopped in to say hello. The second being, whatever it was had been wearing colonial period style clothes that his parents for sure would not have been wearing. Weird. This creeped me out, but I didn't feel threatened as this was one of the things that Adam had told me would happen all of the time. I shrugged it off as being a teenager with an overactive imagination Mm -hmm. and went about finishing the movie. Later that day, Adam and I thought it would be fun to go explore his attic. This attic wasn't your typical attic that's mostly insulation with floorboards for storage space. This was an area that could be used as a functional space with walls and rooms that were all connected to one another. In the case of Adam's house, this was used purely as storage and was mostly filled with old furniture and was actually quite hard to get through. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like an obstacle course in a lot of places. Imagine lots of old bed frames, dressers, baby cribs, that kind of thing. In our infinite wisdom, we also didn't bring a flashlight with us, and the lights up there had burned out years prior. Before I tell you what happens next, it's probably worth noting that we were still the only ones home at this point, and that there was only one way into the attic. So we're stumbling over furniture, and we start hearing footsteps down the hall from us. They start getting closer and closer, and then they start sprinting towards us down a narrow hallway within the attic. Adam grabs my shoulders and shouts, RUN! We leaped over furniture and nearly fell down the attic stairs to get back to the upper floor of the house and slammed the door shut. There were six distinct poundings on the other side of the door we had just closed, and we were both absolutely terrified. It was clear to me that while Adam had seen things in the house before, even this was a new experience for him. Somehow, I decided it was still a good idea to spend the night at his house that night. To be fair, his parents had asked me to help them out the next day at a yard sale. Since I knew they would have done anything for me, I wanted to help them out however I could. The rest of the night was totally uneventful, and eventually we went to sleep in Adam's room. I was sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag, Mm -hmm. and I woke up in the middle of the night to a weird feeling. I was able to turn around to look at the clock to see what time it was, and of course, it was just after 3 a.m. I turned to roll over and try to go back to sleep. I glanced across the room to a mirror that was hanging on his door and noticed Uh. a very large black shadow figure standing over me. I didn't know what else to do at this point, so I made like a burrito and tried to (laughs) hide myself inside my sleeping bag. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched, and this feeling very quickly turned into the, oh shit, I'm in danger kind of feeling. I summoned the strength to get up off the floor, and I made my way towards the bathroom at the end of the long hallway. As I turned to close the door, I looked back down the hallway, and coming out of Adam's room was the black figure. I realized that it was following me down the hall and it started to pick up speed towards me. I slammed the bathroom door and locked it and I stayed in there until the sun came up and I felt safe again. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone what had happened the night before. I think I tried to rationalize it away and tried not to think about it that much. Besides, I had work to do. I had to help Adam's parents with their yard sale. After breakfast, I asked his dad how I could be of help. He pointed towards a door in the house that I had never been through before and said, 
There are some boxes at the bottom of the stairs in the basement. Could you grab them for me? I obliged. I opened the door and made my way down. The stairs were your typical janky basement stairs Mm -hmm. with an even more unstable hand railing. As I walked down the stairs, I noticed that to my left, it was just open basement space. And to the right at the bottom of the stairs was an entryway to another room. I should note that at this point, it was the hottest part of the summer and this house had no air conditioning. I'd been sweating all morning, just sitting around. But when I got to the bottom of the stairs, it was absolutely freezing. Not your standard, that's colder in the basement, but a why can I see my breath kind of cold. Now, not knowing exactly where the boxes were, I poked my head into the room to the right of the bottom of the stairs. The room was mostly full of junk and firewood, but in the back corner, there was that same unmistakable black shadow figure I had seen the night before. I immediately went into flight mode and I tried running back up the stairs, just three or four stairs up, and I felt a cold, freezing hand Uh. viciously grab my right shin as it tried to pull me back down the stairs. I don't know how, but I broke free of whatever it was and ran back up the stairs and slammed the door shut. Adam's entire family had been outside preparing for the sale, and I was the only one present in the house at the time. When I came back from the basement, probably visibly shaken, Adam's dad asked me where the boxes were. I made up some excuse about how I couldn't find them and that I wasn't feeling well and needed to go home immediately. My father picked me up shortly thereafterwards. When I got back to my own home, I went to the bathroom to take a look at the leg that had been grabbed. I'll never forget what I saw. Even an hour or two after this had happened, Mm -hmm. there was still a dark red mark on my leg. And when I looked closer at it, it was clear that there were three fingers and a thumb that had wrapped around my leg and it appeared that it had either claws or long fingernails. It was completely inhuman and there were certainly no animals of any kind in his basement. Obviously, that was the last time I went to Adam's house. I never told him what happened and between how I woke up in the middle of the night or what happened in the basement, I decided that after this particular experience, Adam and I should keep some distance. We had been best friends, but then he stopped talking to me and started hanging out with a bad crowd. And as he changed as a person, he kind of faded away from, well, everyone. I don't ultimately know what happened to him, but I know that everything changed after my experience in his house. Things changed for me. I went through really bad spells of depression that I had never experienced before. And in the following years, I would have more and more inexplicable experiences in that town and even in my own home. This only stopped when I moved to Boston for college, and I've been able to live a mostly normal life since then. Thank you guys for what you do. I'm glad that stories like mine can be shared with a wider audience. There's a mm-hmm. whole world out there that we'll never be able to understand, and I'm glad I can share the story with people who will believe me. Thanks for your time and regular spoopy stories, mm-hmm. Nick. Thank you, Nick. What a, I, I was thinking during that one, like, what a weird thing. Like, why is it addicts in uh, basements? I don't know. <laughs> have like, we made that up? Like, have we made that? Uh, maybe we just maybe we just focus on that. I mean, I, I know that we we have done a number of stories actually where they're coming down the hall, they're in the living room. They, I guess, they are in different parts of the house. Just well, the, sure, the doppelganger, the doppelganger story. story they're yeah. all over. Maybe maybe I just notice it because it's extra scary to me when it occurs in those places. Well, yeah, because it's Cause, dark. Because it, you're and you're trapped. That's what I think about. Oh, I did not think about it that way, but great. 
You know, it feels like I feel like on a main level, there's windows, there's yeah, places yeah. where you like, like you know, if you're you on the main floor, you could theoretically smash your way out of. You could throw something right. through the window, you could jump out. You, there's a front door, there's a back door, sometimes there's a side door. Yeah. But I feel like usually in a basement in an attic, there is one way in and one way out. Oh, yeah. Ah. Let's never buy a house with like a unfinished basement because it's like a particular kind of basement too. Yeah, like an old unfinished basement. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The advantage if we did have one of those just for the show would be, what if I put you in one of those and lock the door just for funsies, just for, and then have like a camera, like a GoPro, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. and we just film what you do when you're locked in a basement in the dark. I mean, if you just want to see a girl sitting in a corner crying, if that's your, your that's source our, of fun. Maybe that's what our fans want. <laughs> okay, let's take a vote. <laughs> Let us know if you want me to sit in a corner and cry. That's, uh, we can make that happen. <sighs> Fortunately, we have a finished basement. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank I had an unfinished basement growing up, and it, it was it was like we lived on a, a rancher on a basement. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would go down the stairs, and at some point, we made like half the basement into a bedroom, but it didn't have like walls. It was just, yeah, you know. And, but then the other side was just like linoleum floor and like a lot of storage. And then, but then it was the back side that was yeah. creepy. Cause it was like the laundry room with the cement floors. We never put linoleum yeah. or anything down. There was a creepy ass shower in our basement. Yeah. yeah. It was just there, you know, so we would like use it mostly. Like a butcher shower? No, I mean it, you, you know, like the shower, no one's gonna know what this means, but you know the shower at your grandparents' house uh, in the, in like Grandma Betty's bathroom, like yeah. the small mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. It's like that, okay. like those like clear frosted yep, yep, glass yep. doors, mm-hmm. but they're not glass, they're sort of like fiberglass. And I don't know, it was just there. I mean, we hardly ever used it except because in my house growing up, we had one shower. Got it. So it was like, oh, if you were desperate for a shower. Use the basement shower. Yeah, or like if you got- Weird. Yeah, if you got really muddy or something out in the yard or playing mm-hmm. with your friends, my mom would be like, Go to the basement. You go to the basement, yeah. dump your clothes immediately immediately into the washing mm-hmm. machine and hop in the shower. Like She didn't want you tracking sure, dirt all sure. through the house. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the older I got, the scarier it got. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. And then like you would walk along the back of the house in the basement and there was a lot of storage and then there were these creepy ass closets. I don't know. It was just like a weird configuration. Like we mm-hmm. never had the money to make it like a nice basement. So it just yeah. ended up becoming this hodgepodge of weird closets and weird spaces and yeah. everything was dark and a lot of pull chain lights. Great horror movie set. Oh my God. Oh my God. 6682 Crenshaw Drive. <laughs> if anybody wants to check it out. It doesn't look spooky from the outside. It was a yeah. cute house. Okay. This is one of my all time favorite stories. I'm excited. Are you stoked? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, Dan and Lindsay and the rest of the staff at Scared to Death. My name is Alvin, and I'm from Denver, Colorado. Cool. I've been Hello, a, Alvin. Hi. I've been a big fan from the beginning of your podcast. I knew I had to listen when I heard about Scared to Death during uh, Time Suck. Awesome. Crossover Yay. fan. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to share my story with you for some time, but now it doesn't really fit in with all the ghost stories I hear each week, But uh, meaning Time Suck. Yeah. But since your show is called Scared to Death, I assure you... My pucker factor was at maximum for this. So here's my scared to death moment. Okay. Have you ever known terror? Not the, not the jump you get from a scary movie or the heart in your throat thrill from a big roller coaster. I'm talking about the kind of terror that chills your soul. I have had a moment like this. A moment when the frosty grip of fear reached out, pulled off my warm, cozy blanket of safety and security, and then slapped me across the face with a cold, bony hand of humility. This happened to me on one of the most terrifying days of the entire year, Valentine's Day. (laughs) I I loved that. Mm -hmm. I know a day for romance and love. How scary could it be? Well, just wait. 
My wife and I had just spent a lovely evening out and we stood at our front door, bellies full from a wonderful meal and minds still mesmerized from an amazing show we'd gone to. Little did I know, as I unlocked the door, events had been put into motion that would soon bring me face to face with pure evil. Mm -hmm. I was several steps into the house before I saw the carnage. There were red hearts and flowers everywhere. Balloons positioned around the room, swaying seductively. Chocolates, strawberries, and alcohol placed on the table, no doubt put there in an attempt to lower my inhibitions. (laughs) Without me knowing, my wife used an accomplice to decorate the room while we were out. And it wasn't long before we were totally valentined out. She headed upstairs, ready for the comfort of a warm bed, and I told her I would be right up as soon as I locked up. After checking the doors and windows, I turned off the remaining lights and then dragged my tired body to the second floor. I was oblivious to the danger still lurking in my home. Mm -hmm. Naive to the fact that no lock would stop the horrifying incident soon to plague my mind for years. Fate was here to visit, and he was not ready to leave just yet. Blissfully ignorant, I got ready for bed, crawled under the covers, giving my wife a goodnight kiss, and then let the hum of the ceiling fan pull me into a deep, deep sleep. I'm not sure how long I was asleep when I was suddenly jerked from my slumber by a blood-curdling scream. My mind stumbled through the fog of the Sandman spell, but my heart began to race and adrenaline ripped me from unconsciousness. My, my eyes shot open as I looked at my wife who was still screaming. Her face was sheer terror mm-hmm. as she looked toward the ceiling. I didn't want to look, but there was a sound that mixed into her voice, a sound that I knew did not belong in our room and I will never forget. A hollow, rapid thumping, almost like a card in the spokes of a bike, but only much deeper. I looked up to see a man quickly lunging down at me. I was flood- I was flooded with fear, and I joined my wife with a scream of terror. My baritone mixed with her pure soprano voice, creating a beautiful harmony that pierced the night air. I knew it was over. This evil soul would murder me, do unspeakable things to my wife, and leave our daughter an orphan. The man stopped, then began to raise over our bed. Why he was doing this, I don't know. I figured he was getting ready for the killing strike, but there was nothing neither my wife nor I could do. We were frozen in fear. Then the strange thumping sound happened again. This shadowy figure plunged at us and our cries jumped in intensity, drowning out the monster's hideous thumping voice. For what seemed like an eternity, this strange, tragic scene unfolded. Our tormentor kept coming at us, suddenly stopping, then raising above us again. Slowly, the reality of our situation began to dawn on me. I reached up and snatched this monster out of the air. You see, a balloon from downstairs came loose, worked its way into oh our room my God. on the currents of the air in our house and got caught in the fan above the bed. I ripped at the balloon until it popped. Throwing the shredded plastic in disgust, I huh. laid back down and pulled the covers up to my neck and my wife's screams soon turned to laughter. Steaming, I told her to be quiet and go back to sleep. She said sorry and put her head back into the pillow. I tried forever to fall back asleep, but it was not going to happen. Not just because I was jacked up on fear and anger, but also I could never have slept while the bed was vibrating as my wife attempted to stifle her giggles. I fumed about this night for years. I froze. Come on. That damn balloon made me squeal like a little girl. Yes, a little girl with a glandular problem, but a little girl nonetheless. The flight, fight, or freeze response to threats of life or limb is a normal reaction, and I know I shouldn't be ashamed. I would like to think that the next time I am face-to-face with terror, I will be able to react and not freeze. But 
when I hear those bumps in the night and I feel that bony hand tugging on my blankie, I hold it a little bit tighter to my chin and check my nightstand for the straight pin I keep there now, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Nice ending, Alvin. The little straight pin to pop that next balloon. Isn't that hilarious? That's funny because I can picture it. I wonder like what was on that particular balloon. Yeah. But but just, yeah, the the night you're kind of, you're, yeah. Yeah, the, the the thumping uh-huh. voice, and then the thing coming towards you, and then it's going away, and then it's going towards like you, a, and then it's. <laughs> and I guess maybe just maybe in the dark it doesn't matter what was on the balloon, maybe just the shape of the balloon, like somebody's head. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I, that's hilarious. Oh god, I was laughing so hard last night. That's I can I could see myself just. Both of us absolutely doing that same thing, absolutely just screaming and freaking out. Yeah, yeah especially if you're, if you're like a deep slumber. Yep, and you're waking up to the person next to you screaming. Yeah, and then in the dark you see that shape coming towards you. I yeah, that that's hilarious. Oh. That's amazing. But hands down, one of the best stories ever. <laughs> I loved that so much because I was reading it and I was like, Oh my god, they're gonna get murdered. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, I guess like, they're not gonna get murdered because he wrote the story. But yeah, right. What's but I happen? was like, Oh my god, his wife gets murdered next to oh, him. Yeah. Oh god, like something terrible. A shadow person. Like I mean, yeah, I yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh my god, I was laughing so hard last night. What a nice ending. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. I, I like the collection of today's stories. I felt like some good variety. Yeah. Yeah. All very entertaining. Hmm. Hmm. Good, lot of, good, good. A lot of spoop factor. <laughs> You're loving the spoop today. Spoopy. I think my mustache really helped today's show. <laughs> it brought a new energy. It did. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, per- oh, man. I, I, I want... Okay. Yeah. Now, previously, like, we've asked, like, people to send emails about various things. Like, we dealt with my hip. We dealt with my bloody mouth. Yeah. A variety of things. What is, the, like, your new nickname? Like, because I, I, I don't even know that my co-host's name is Dan anymore. Like, what's, what's, who's this guy? <laughs> Kate said you look like uh, an eager journalist. Okay. I thought you looked like a uh, an IRS auditor. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I think I look like We're a, taking suggestions. I look like a. I like somebody said CIA, like a like a badass CIA. They didn't say badass. No, Zach said CIA, and then said, I started laughing and said IRS auditor. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the ratings and reviews, everyone. I like it. Yeah, I like it. You. You can, I do you can, like it. You can reference the mustaches if you want. I, I just, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're rating and reviewing our show. Uh, it helps us a lot. It helps us get the sponsors. Yeah, you know, that's we talked how we about got earlier. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when, when people ask, like, oh, how can I help yep. the show? Like ratings and reviews yep. because that's how we get sponsors and that's how we yep. keep the lights on. And you can support us by getting our merch. Yeah. Uh, badmagicmerch.com. I'm wearing one of our, you know, new shirts. I, I love it. And now we have a can devil's you, can hand you swing t-shirt. Your, look at that. It's like a comic book cover. So mm-hmm. good. So cool. So cool. Logan knocks it out of the park every week. Every day. Every time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, excited to see. You know, there's there's a new design coming every week. Thanks, you guys, for supporting uh, uh, our, our store as well. Yeah. And that's all for today. Thanks for continuing to send in the personal tales of terror. Uh, hopefully, you'll, you'll, we'll be including yours in a, in a book coming up here soon. Send them into my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. And where should they send the other emails? Yep. If you need to sign a release to have your story included in the book, it's book. B-O-O-K at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. You'll be talking to Kate and I. Uh, thanks to Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails. Uh, you can email us at info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com for everything else. Thanks for watching this Bad Magic production or listening. Thanks to Logan and Kate on social media and badmagicmerch.com for the designs. Producer Sophie Evans for helping with story curation. Joe Paisley and Zach Flannery for producing, directing, adding, and creating custom sound beds. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, if you want even more content at Scared to Death Podcast. Subscribe on YouTube to Bad Magic Productions and enjoy your nightmares, creeps, and peepers. Hope you were once again scared to death. Bye, y'all. 
If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through but has no home here within, scared to death.